Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. I'm really upset, guys. This episode feels like an angry work from home slash two cents blend. Oh, but I can't really... articulate why I'm angry. I can't talk about it, to be honest. I'm just... I've got such fatigue. Honestly. But no, What are our government actually doing? I was talking to my brother-in-law on the weekend and we were just saying the impetus is obviously on us, the, the public, right? Mm-hmm. You lock down, you isolate, you do everything. And then we were talking about like how the measures that other, other countries have taken, right? Mm-hmm. For example, Japan, the way they disinfect communal public spaces and areas. Mm-hmm. And that has been like extra money and investment that has needed to pour into those public areas, right? Mm-hmm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, I also feel like it's because other countries have a more compliant culture as well. Like the lockdowns that happen to employ cleaners isn't about compliance. No, but I'm saying as a separate topic, if I may speak, <laughs> like, like even in in China, they have a couple of cases and they lock that place down. Like that's how they have operated, yeah. you know. So they and even like with mask culture, we were still we were still in the height of the pandemic debating masks. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas where you have other countries who they've gone through stuff like SARS, they've gone they under they. They know the drill. They understand how this works. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we're just all busy here talking about 5G, mass culture, freedom, freedom <laughs> of right, this, that, and another. Like, no, and then also, obviously, compliance is going to be low. 
because no one trusts the government and that's why we're also frustrated because we we're just like for me this is it's not about woe is me i have to be in lockdown or anything like that because i understand for you know for elderly and for some people like if this is what they're saying is going to work fine whatever right but i think it's just the blatant like even the whole furlough thing right manchester was begging for 80% furlough when they went into tier three mm. and Rishi Sunak said like no 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 and no, it changed no. how businesses operated decisions they made for the year jobs ahead have been lost jobs have been lost and you're now trying to yeah. on the 31st on Halloween you're sitting there saying we're going to extend furlough after jobs have been no, lost but it wasn't at 5 30 it was like oh sorry we we there was even, a bit of even that even that what was, was that five o'clock six o'clock six thirty how can you trust the government who can't even turn up on time? Like, we learned these basic yeah, the fact they couldn't even fit the graphs onto the screen. It's like, so, you know, read the question, turn up on time. It's basic life. <laughs> read the question is the biggest one. <laughs> the thing um, is, these other societies, right, I get it. Like, we're not, we have, it, the, the exchanges, there is a democracy. The exchanges, we're not, like, forced to, if we don't obey, there's, you know, consequences in other countries versus here are very different. And I wouldn't swap that either, right? I wouldn't want to live in a country where, you know, I was looking at Japan's Halloween costumes and oh, it was literally like, sick. What the were they? One. The mundane ones, yeah. yeah so have it. you seen these? They're sick. They basically, they dress up in really mundane things. So they'll be like a man that spilled coffee over his shirt or they'll be one that like, a man running for the train and his tires like stuck to his face as if he's like running it's so funny i'm just i can't lie to you i i also you know i'm i'm happy to comply with lockdown to ensure that you know vulnerable people are made safe at the same time i have to express how heartbroken i am and fatigued i am by this way of life and I think I think for me personally because you know even when the the measures were lifted I still didn't engage a lot in um going out and not out of anything but preference and caution and I don't have an opinion on anybody else doing that I think it's just like by the time I get to this stage having already been so compliant since like March I'm just really like I'm really dreading being in my house for four weeks also i think we have to start becoming dynamic like exercise the freedoms that we do have right lockdown shouldn't transit late into just staying at home like get out walk get that fresh air. it's groundhog day it's groundhog day i literally i remember like i i feel it when i when i heard that it was going to be lockdown i was like rah this for another like i'm going to get up and I'm going to go through my routine I'm going to go for okay might spice it up I'll go for a walk in the evening instead or whatever but yeah, I, I we don't like, want it we don't yeah. want it oh, we don't I want it I don't want it I want my own life back you know, some of the best advice to come out online. this time has actually been people like I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was like what I've done is I reflected on my last lockdown and all of my pain points and I'm going to try and address them basically very good um so like for me, I'm getting I'm getting wellies, I'm getting an all-in-one like my kids. They jump around in the puddles, have bare fun in the forest. We're going to be doing all of that. Do you know what? Saying that, yeah, I was sitting there on, I think this was the, this was the lockdown day. Like, 
I, I don't know why I feel like this because my life is like lockdown. So I'm not quite sure why. I'm, I think I'm. I'm you know what it is. Authority. When they tell you <laughs> to stay in your yard, you're like, I think that's how it's been done. I think it's the whole government in Very frustrating. I'd say. Yeah, so what I was going to say is I was sitting there listening to the announcement, all of that. And I just thought, do you know what? In this life, you can't move feeling hard. Uh, you actually started your sentence with, in this life? You can't, you can't, you can't move <laughs> through life feeling hard done by. That's who doesn't, doesn't do that. Because <laughs> if you move through life, feeling hard done by you will be the loser in the end of it <laughs> no one it's true no it's true no one loses but you it's you true. lose and I was sitting there and I was like okay I have two options I can sit and felt and I don't want to sound like a brat of like oh I'm so hard done by it's 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 what it's wider frustrations that I'm not able to articulate yeah. even like honestly Hearing that the America election results are coming out tomorrow makes my stomach turn. Yeah, that because too. I'm like, that's another horror movie to watch. And then France, <laughs> yeah. and then France. You know, I think I just for the listeners, it's I'm not here stomping my feet like oh, I don't want to wear a mask. I just I just mm. want to be around. Doing no, the I think everyone yeah. gets what's, what's how you. Yeah, because I feel like everyone is frustrated, but I thought, do you know what? I cannot let like really and truly because there's two ways to see this and I was thinking about it and I was like you can't let the government a push you into individualism into like oh it's just about me and looking out for myself and blah 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 and also like let's be real the government is not here to care for you yeah Mm -hmm. is the way they move they should be looking after us but they're not here to care for you and so as a result I was like I can't sit here and feel hard done by because I will be the one that loses out in the inaction I really agree with it I really really do my heart and soul but I think it's the relentlessness of having to no of course I'm not I'm not no I know I just like, I just keep thinking like this time around with this lockdown it's it's absolutely like you have to arrive back at that conclusion and I know yeah. it's not it, it's just that you've just got to move literally like you've just got to move forward you have no other like, option but I, it's so I, frustrating I, to not have another option I know option. no I know I know like on was it Saturday that this thing happened I panic bought I went on to Argos you that person and I bought two kettlebells because I was like if I'm, I'm not going to you're panic but I'm I'm thinking she's going to say like, right. No, sisters need to panic by food. No one needs to. I panic bought kettlebells. I literally was (laughs) frantically searching on the internet and I was like, I need some weights because I just joined the gym. My body, like, do you know what? Lockdown, not going to the gym really effed with my body. Yeah, 100%. Like my, my knees have been in so much pain my joints I've lost all muscle tone like this is not even about our lockdown weight or anything like that like yeah absolutely my body literally I feel like aged over lockdown because it's used to high impact it's used to weights it's used to just even commuting just yeah I was gonna say just even walking an hour a day and I was like you know what I cannot let that happen again and so I ordered two 10 kg kettlebells I'm setting up in my front room a little like yoga mat. I'm doing 30 day yoga challenge. I'm going to do myself a program because I just, I need something. I need to, I need something. I can't, you know, I need, cause I, I can't get to the end of this lockdown and my knees being shaky and broken. I, I, do you know what? I didn't realize that that's what it, what had happened to me as well. I thought, oh, like 
it's just gains from being like whatever but then I I noticed my body was hurting and I and I just realized that like it's just I have not I've not been doing any like normal amount of like exercise I was having a conversation with my brother yeah like the other day I was saying oh you know it's gonna be lockdown again and just explaining and then it was just the saddest thing you know he came into the kitchen the other day and he said mama you know before lockdown and before like coronavirus and then it just dawned on me this is going to be his life like his life and these little kids like their life is is in this coronavirus i'm starting to forget what life was like before corona yeah. i'm not joking oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah guys it started december 2019 we're coming to December 2010. But it didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't affect us until... You know what? I did something really normal on the weekend. What? Sorry, I just, so my okay. kids went to their dads. Anyone who's listening, pet, children uh, who have parents in different households that are allowed to mix. Um, yeah, and I went to... On Saturday morning, I was like, ooh, what should I do, right? And then usually I clean the house, do all the boring stuff. I was like, no, I'm not cleaning the house, like that. And then I went to watch Mogul Mowgli, Riz Ahmed's new movie. Huh? You know what? You know film critics, yeah. Like usually when I, like when we watch I know movie, where this is going. You know what I'm gonna say? And I'm like, oh that was nice. Like it was good. And really I wanna say the juxtaposition between the two contrasting characters and blah blah. It was a, it was it was nice. It made me want to go and see my mum and dad. Um, it was a bit chaotic because there was like alternative it, you were going into his imagination basically I, I didn't like his imagination sometimes it was quite dark um, there was a lot going on <laughs> but it was just it was nice I think and there was another there, I walked in the cinema yeah there was one other man in there and me and I was a bit late so I was sat down and I'm like, and I'm like I need to cough to make him know that I'm here so I was like <clears throat> and I sat down and I was like, no, do I need mahram? It's literally me and one other brother in the cinema, in the whole cinema, guys. And then alhamdulillah, another sister came, hijabi, and then two other guys in the whole cinema. And that was it. I'm su- I'll was be it. surprised if cinemas make it through the pandemic. They're not going to. They are not. What I saw, that was dire. I spent, what, £2 on a coffee, on a tea, sorry. Dire. I was having loads of thoughts about like um, event snuff because they are not making a lot. What there was what five people in there, five times fifteen pounds. What industries do you think are going to fully go under the table out of this? Arts and entertainment, because the government are going to and not going to su- support it. Like I went walk past Southbank the other day, and you know Southbank Centre closed. Lock off. There's a Facebook page that I follow called Pregnant and Screwed. And they were yeah. talking about how like babies should not be uh, included in the rule of six and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, and, you feel like it like this, the government. Uh. And yeah, they've basically they've they've moved on that. They've budged on it. So alhamdulillah, so if I was to meet, for example, Isa and like my two other um nephews wouldn't be counted, which is which is it works better now, basically. Yeah. We can meet as a family. I mean, let's be honest here, this government, this society, this capitalistic structure, they don't care, they don't give two minds about the family. They don't care if it breaks down, honestly. But anyway, let's try and look to the brighter side of life. Um, 
I've decided I'm going to follow that rule of I'm only allowed to be down for three days and then I have to get my ish together. Feels like that's the Islamic rule. That sounds yeah, like I something that will come out of is, Islam. Think, We're good at processes. <laughs> there is the one about talking. You can like not chat to your partner yeah, for three you, days. It's, yeah, you're only allowed. But after and three after days, that, you have to speak to them. Sorry, I have an email for you. I have, And you know what? When we put out the podcast on Twitter, I knew... I saw, remember that review that we really liked from Maria? And you were like, that is such lovely. a lovely review. It was lovely, yeah. She sent an email and it was titled, A Goodbye to Sarah. And she said, Salams, this was meant to be a very, sorry, is it Ode or Ode? It is Ode, isn't it? Ode, yeah. Okay, we'll stop. She wrote you were Ode, Sarah, that is oh, so. No, 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 she oh, said, Salams, this was meant to be a very long ode to Sarah. However, I don't feel very poetic this evening. So here's a short message which sums everything up. Salam, Sarah. Thank you so much for all the work with the podcast. I have never, I have been listening. I don't know where I got never. I have been listening since March slash April this year. And the podcast has really gotten me through a lot. Times when I thought lockdown would never end to the day two months ago when I went to school for the first time in six odd months. I feel as if I have formed an overseas friendship with you, Nafisa and Selena too. Since I've been an avid listener, I really cannot imagine the podcast without you. When I read the podcast title, Sarah Says Goodbye, I stood for a solid half a minute, my mouth open in shock. In short, thank you for everything, the laughs in the podcast, the amazing content and everything else you do, which we, the listeners, do not see. Wishing you, wishing you all the best with everything and anything you choose to do in life. Keeping you and your family in my duas, love and duas, all the way from Dubai, Maria. Oh, oh, that's really emotional. I want to we cry. Got, <laughs> and no, we got that's DM. so kind. That's so kind. Look how much thought she put into that message, and she said all the stuff they don't see. My love, thank you so much. This is oh, going to make you laugh. This is from Anne, and she said, Salam alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. I want to say I have been following Amali for two years now, and I'm so excited for how far you've come. I moved to London to from London to Canada three years ago and listening to you guys is like I'm back home with my mates and sisters in my living room I literally switch on my podcast when I'm missing home anyway I want to wish Sarah all the best for her next move I'm so sad to hear she's leaving and really appreciated her, her insights and call outs on the podcast I'm intrigued to know who's going to be replacing her exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark <laughs> if you're looking for any support transatlantic please let me know I've always wanted to come on Amalia lol and as a revert would like to share some perspectives take care salams Anne and then she wrote lol okay I've just heard the last bit of the podcast where you said everyone's gonna be in the dms <laughs> thanks for your dm and Thank we you, appreciate guys. it and oh. we love all the dms that we get we oh. do alhamdulillah right everybody welcome back to two cents if you haven't listened to one of our episodes before it goes something like this each of us bring two subjects that we believe are overrated and two that we believe are underrated to the virtual round table where we unpack and hash out and debate and we leave for our listeners to do the same um, last week we did something a little bit unusual and left it on the note that I am leaving the Amalia podcast and 
as a tribute to my time on the podcast, I have decided to pull up some of our old overrated and underrated subjects. And I think that Nafita and Senior also had some carried over from last week as well. So who wants to go first? Um, I'm just going to call it two cents. Um, for today is pretty much off the internet. Um, but, you know, I've outsourced my two cents for today. And um, I'm going to read you a thread from Twitter, which I think could be helpful, um, given the conversation we had this morning as well about lockdowns and everything that comes with it. <coughs> so this thread is by someone at Lee Ariel Simone. And she said, with COVID cases rising, flu season and SAD approaching, here's a few holistic ways to stay healthy and sane this season. So this is just my two cents on, well, not my two cents, but Lee Ariel Simone's two cents on lockdown. And I would love to hear yours as well from previous lockdown. So there's a couple in she goes, she says, firstly, have a morning routine, fill your mornings with self-care, less phone time, more you time, drink a daily cup of room temperature water or tea with lemon, ginger and turmeric. And then secondly is take your daily vitamins and supplements. Some must haves are vitamin D, probiotic, sea moss, goji berries, spirulina and super greens. And then the next one is more plant-based home cooking. Yes, please. So more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. Think 80-20 with fruits and veggies being the majority. The next one is movement, finding movement you love and committing to an exercise schedule on days you don't want to move, at least carve some time out to do a deep stretch. And then uh, have this daily spiritual practice, Allahu Akbar, meditate, journal, be, pray, be present and practice gratitude as often as possible. The next one is pick up a creative hobby, play with your inner artist and do more things that you enjoy, random dancing, adult coloring, painting, drawing, writing, learning a new instrument just get as creative and childlike as possible i find clay is really good for this or play-doh um and then the last two ones are quality sleep have a nighttime routine that embodies self-care a skincare routine read a really good book give yourself a massage take a warm bath diffuse your favorite essential oils be sure to wind down get seven to nine hours of quality sleep and then the last one is more warm grounding herbs and foods so root vegetables like beets carrots garlic ginger onions sweet potatoes rutabaga what's that rutabaga anyone turmeric and herbs like ashwagandha did i say that right ashwagandha bergamot uh chamomile i was gonna say chamomile like my dad lavender rose oil sandalwood valerian root and ylang ylang all right, now that's millennial. And I knew Bella was gonna come. I just need to come with me pound shop feedback and just say, you know, that's really nice, very nice. Everybody knows what I'm about, innit? Most of these are not to do with spending money, majority are not, apart from that last one, majority are not about spending money can i just pick up on something yeah really that might be useful for people if anybody's thinking of purchasing a weighted blanket i highly recommend it i was having trouble sleeping for the past several months and i think it's probably because of cabin fever i got a weighted blanket and i conked out on the first night every night since 
So if anybody's thinking I about feel it, like if I get it so I'm never gonna get out of bed. It's so heavy. I really love it. It's like bed. a workout. I can't I won't get out of bed. You know what um, it is with the whole I think that advice is really lovely. Um and some people will really benefit from advice like that. I think what we're beginning to see with coronavirus is the multiplier effect. There are people who are now like, who are already on the edge of society, right? Who, coronavirus is actually the least of their problems. That is the least, I remember my sister was going into labor. She's like, coronavirus is the least of my problems. Me dying in, in labor and having, complica- and having a traumatic pregnant, you know, labor is like, that's my challenge, that's my issue. And I got sent this diagram, I think you can see, you know those diagrams where you have the iceberg at the top and then yeah. underneath you see, everything else and it just like underneath it it was basically saying um unemployment um heart failure unemployment associated with um high risk of death in heart failure patients suicides associated with twofold of threefold increase in relative risk by death of suicide if unemployed um death of children the un warns that their economic downturn could kill hundreds and thousands of children famine death by disease addiction like the thing is like we talk about like coronavirus and the effects of that but the wider effects of actually how governments are managing coronavirus even how they're subsidizing businesses or subsidizing individuals or you know whatever it is i think there have been some countries where there's been a pause on rent for example right to actually give people like a, a hot minute to catch up like the reality is like some jobs are just people are having to retrain like their job does not exist anymore or will not exist the thing is when you're living in a country where your government's not giving you a hot minute to catch up no. you've just got to do or you've got to do all you can do you know what i mean like i just sorry this is your last two cents isn't it <laughs> it's correct Subhanallah, man. Oh, we want to remember. Oh, my God. What an episode. Can I just say, also, maybe as part of that starter kit, there's one thing I could have contribute. So I was saying that I had an inspiring chat with my brother. It's not usually very inspiring. He said to me, for 30 days of this lockdown, um, find one thing that um, is going to serve another person consistently or serve another thing. Serve another thing consistently for 30 days. So you show like up for that thing. So like he was like, even if it was an organization, he was like, even if you volunteered, like it was with reference. Every to day for 30 days. Every day for 30 days. Every day already volunteering as mother. <laughs> it could be abstract, like as abstract as you want it in any way that you think you're volunteering so what, for other people. Um, that sounds it's kind of like the initiatives that that were around at the beginning of lockdown like and i'm no, using these as an example but like you know just checking in on uh, like your elderly neighbors or making sure everybody's got food in your area but he was like just do that for 30 just do that every day um my second two cents let me just get it up um this is under underrated and bear with me yeah um the underrated is self-portraiture so especially i knew i knew she looks face. this is why i said bear with me yeah so as we go to lockdown and as we saw in that thread just before you know what it is with me yeah 
my brain shuts down when I hear certain things. No, that's why I said, bear with me. Um, Because if I'd said creativity, you would have been all up in it. So, um, as we said in the last word, I I actually think creativity is really, really important. And having big and small outlets for creativity is really important in, like, opening yourself up, in pushing yourself, in, you know, just developing yourself. I think creativity is very, very underrated. And for a long, long time, I didn't think of myself as someone who's creative because, you know, I studied science and maths and I was the logical scientific person but being an Amali like forced me to be creative like even like the video we we put out the notes of notes Shilo if I hear when I plant a seed uh, the amount of times I have had to hear that line <laughs> is mad but anyway I digress so yeah Amali has like forced me to be creative um because I've we've just had to like get things done and do it and now I'm, I've been, I had the opportunity to have loads of creative outlets. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about, so this ties creativity and confidence together. So the reason I say self-portraiture is underrated is, especially for those of us that are on social media, those of us that share photos of ourselves also on social media, um, I think it can be very um, not good for you if the only time you are taking imagery of yourself is to share online and is is to share with others and i think in like for your mind i think it really does something to you and it almost like um rewires your mind of like why you're taking that photo and what you should expect to see of yourself in that photo and so the reason i put self-portraiture as underrated is especially if you are someone who struggles with body image who doesn't think you're pretty or beautiful or you know doesn't see yourself in a good light I really really would suggest over lockdown trying to push yourself to take self-portraits of yourself not with the intention of sharing just for yourself and this links back to something I posted on my Instagram as well um, and I'm just going to read it out. Sorry, I've been outsourcing some of my two cents to the internet today. Um, is I said, what do you want people to think of you through your social media? I'd like to think that I make it quite clear that I use my Instagram. Um, it's pretty much a platform to amplify the work that I do. I've been using it a lot more recently and I enjoy the little community I have on here. But with increased use, it's also really easy to overstep my own personal boundaries of what I post in the name of posting regularly or just wanting to share, be creative and have fun. I find that when I'm on holiday or dressed up, you think I'm a full-time fashion influencer the way I take photos and get my family to do whole photo shoots with me. Shilla will be one of my um, witnesses here. But on Instagram, I never really post these photos of like me doing the most on holiday and stuff. I never um, post any pictures of myself. Yeah. I've got not um, loads of pictures of me. Like we have, <laughs> me and Shilo have the pictures where we're doing the absolute most. Right, you'd think we like shooting for a magazine cover. Um, and that, the thing is, I think it's important to take those photos because I think it's important for everyone to see themselves in their best light. So you know, take those photos as if you are going to be on a magazine cover, not just because that Vogue trend is trending and you need to like jump on it. And I think it's actually harmful to ourselves if the only time we take pictures of us looking amazing is with the intention of sharing them. <laughs> she looks head bobbing. <laughs> and there's something about 
for me, saving my buffers pictures for my own delight without that sounding narcissistic. And there's a I feeling of val- taking a picture of myself today because I just like the way yeah. There, there you go. And won't, nobody's gonna see it. Who can see it? There you go. And a fe- there's a feeling. I find like a feeling of validation in not wanting to be characterised by how I look. And in some ways, not allowing it in terms of my Instagram profile. And my Instagram profile is public. It is very open. I'm, I do post a lot on there. And we do use things on social media sometimes because we want people to think things of us. So maybe one of the things we want people to think is, oh, my God, she's so buff and she's so pretty. And for me, my social media is about, hey, look at me. I'm smart and I run a business. Like the crux of it, that's what I use my Instagram for. And we all have like things that we use our Instagram for. It might be like, oh, wow. I want to come across as quirky. I want to come across as like well-read. I want to come across as creative. We all are like either conscious. Like my Instagram, I just come across as someone who's a bit broken and <laughs> in a messy place and just. But even then, it might be actually I want to come across as someone who's open and trying to be, you know, um, show people my my the cracks of my life. And when I take pictures of myself without thinking about social media and how I look to others it honestly leads to a level of openness to freedom to creativity because you're not there trying to get the right angle you're just there just documenting you know and often like I do think I I want to take these pictures because in you know 20 years time 30 years time I do want to look back and I want to be able to be like look this was me whether it was in lockdown or whatever it was and you know, I, I think for self-portraiture, it just, it, it, there's so many angles to it of like, and this is not just being a selfie. This is like properly setting up your phone and posing in front of your phone, whether it's a headshot, whether it's a body shot, whatever it is, and pushing yourself, pushing, like what does quote unquote an ugly angle really look like, you know? Because if you're used to taking photos for the gram or used to taking photos for social media, you've probably got like a side or you've probably got an angle or you probably, you know, you probably do a certain thing to make your face look slimmer or whatever it is. But actually... On certain like profiles where it's just selfies, like, oh, only right side of the face. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, actually what, I think part of it, and this links back to Sana's beauty monologue that she did on Instagram, where she said for years, I didn't actually know what I looked like. And I, I, she, she was viewing herself from how other people saw her. And I think it's so it's that whole thing we had the conversation about getting dressed because you see you. And the question is, do you really see you or do you just see the you that you're putting out? How did she come to, to look at herself then? What when, she, when she started um, using makeup, because she had to actually like, you know, how does it sit on her face? What does she look like? And everything like that. And she was able to play about with her features and be like, okay, this is a feature. How do I enhance that? Or how do I work with that? And things like that. So yeah, that's my two cents on self-portraiture. I really like that whole one really resonates with me. And it's actually quite painful to listen to, but also like, not because of the, (laughs) because it's such a like peak reality. Um, I think like when you're talking, I feel like I am the, a prime case study for this kind of thing and I don't know how much of this I'll keep on record but I do want to share like insight wise I think it's an extremely like useful approach Mm. to navigating the qualms of social media because my journey with taking pictures of myself is like has really affected my life really really affected my life 
like when I was younger, when, when social media just started, I was like a freaking artiste. I would get like photo shoots done in my room. I'd be like painting murals on the walls for my photo shoots. Like, I'm not joking. I took it so wow. seriously. I got an SLR. Committed, I was really on it. My Bebo was popping. My space was popping. What, what was it that made you put so much effort? Oh, well, because of the way that I wanted to come across. And also I was trying to find myself. I was starting to, I had always felt like a very ugly child. And when I got to high school, I obviously had a little bit more agency over the way that I looked mm. and just took that a bit more seriously. But it, it directly correlated with the use of social media and taking pictures of yourself. I w- especially when you say stuff like you want to be able to look back at pictures of yourself. It's something that makes me very sad because I don't think that there is a, a picture of myself that I've taken or that I feel proud of or that I even have on my records for like 10 years, maybe even more than that. I'm not joking. Like since I was like in my later teens, I haven't, I've had a really troubled relationship with taking pictures of myself specifically. And, and I think that what you said about doing it for the gaze of others is what happened to me. And it, it really battered my self-confidence. So what was it? Was it like, because I'm trying to, was it that you put these, because I'm, I'm assuming when you put those photos out, you got feedback, like you got people liking. I got feedback, like, wow. yeah. And when you get that kind of feedback and then there's like a rise in creativity with taking photographs and you suddenly realise you're on the back burner, it was literally like that. It was like a fall from grace or something. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, wow. it, it is a, it's a way to, it's, it's like the worst way you can compare yourself as superficially and that's what ended up happening Mm. to me because there was nothing else I could I was putting my energy into at the time because I had such poor self-image and um yeah I think just like if you don't address that issue of taking photos for the gaze of others I I think it can really I can be I think it can be so detrimental and I have often thought about like Sarah why don't you get back into the habit of like finding out where your angle is or this that and the other so that when somebody does pull up a camera you don't recoil and literally run a mile because I do does your sister have any yeah as any of you oh no not of me no like I won't let anyone take a picture of me and like if I do it I'm in pain (laughs) if I if I kick up a fuss I've learned, like, especially when it's, I was older. It's treading I was like, that line, isn't it? Exactly. It's like, I don't want to be the person to be like, no, don't take a photo of me, la, la, la. Because A, I'm ruining the moment. And B, um, I then have to explain why. You know, with, without it being a weird parallel, it's like, you know when a man tries to hug you and in some instances you like yeah exactly firm it and some instances you're like oh sorry it's not really happening absolutely <laughs> i read somewhere islamically self-image is at the core of your discipline self-image and that's not just going you know based off of superficially how you look but it's the psychological it's the psychological impact that the view of yourself has you know this goes back to um notion box piece of love for your brother what you love for yourself how can you love for your brother if you don't have anything you love for yourself you know and it comes back to like your self-worth your self-image like how do you see yourself what do you want for yourself like if you can't want for yourself how can you want absolutely like the best for others if you haven't pushed through for in your own thinking 
And that's obviously, that is a, a broader thing, but I think people underestimate the power of um, uh, the, the visual image you have yourself on all of those other areas. We are visual creatures. We are mm. visually stimulated creatures. And, and with social even that, more. Exactly. Yeah. On top of that, like we have an, an entire industry um, profiting off of that human condition. So you have to be so careful to, and, 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 and aware of, of how it's affecting you. Anyway, those are, I thought it was a fantastic one. So it makes me very sad. But it's very important. And I hope it helps people out there if you feel overrated, inshallah. I think what you were saying in terms of rooted in Islam, I think um, the whole relationship between yourself and yourself, I guess, your relationship between yourself is not always just rooted in aesthetic right because we you know obviously you have to value yourself you have to rate yourself and i think there's so many like strings to that and and beauty physical beauty is really one aspect of it you know um there's yeah there's so many different things like you might rate about yourself and it's not just physical beauty yeah definitely getting to know yourself like me i'm aging like i'm 35 now so but yeah i think it is important to obviously love yourself holistically um from loads of different um it's true though i mean you're rolling your eyes but it's a reality Yeah, because i'm not i'm not saying don't love yourself holistically no no that's what i'm saying i'm saying what i'm saying is what you've mentioned is like a small part of it like the physical beauty and appreciation i think it actually takes as well as a small part i think it takes up a lot of headspace for a lot of women yeah yeah every you know like and i think that's what what we in this society yeah we that's the product we see the product of that on social media like the the sheer amount of headspace personal image takes whether that's good whether that's bad whether that's narcissistic whether this underconfident and things like that mm. and i i think we i think social for a lot of people has plunged them into self-image for other people first and foremost Absolutely. before before themselves and i think that if it goes on too long it, it really I, I really think it's not good for your soul and as well, and everything. That, to even like uphold like uh, the I don't know that that opinion you have of yourself you know we talked about it last week rules of engagement like I, I get it like being on social media is like that we're all on it right but the rules and engagement and if we understand ourselves and we understand how these things affect us mm. we have to be really mindful of it like I know that I don't scroll on you know for me, it's not that I'm going to feel insecure. For me, I want to maintain yeah. where I'm at in terms of um, the view I have of myself yeah. and what I think about myself in terms of the physical mm. point of it. Um, for me, for many years, like, you know, that was it. Like, flaunting my beauty, flaunting, you know, you know straight up flaunting my beauty. Yeah, everything was out, um, not dressing modestly. And then I had to revisit the relationship with myself and be like, that's not the only thing I have to offer. Do you know what I mean, actually? what are that so i think for me i've i went through that phase and then i've come back and like no i'm fly mm -hmm. like that flyness is not just rooted in my beauty obviously i'm not talking like i have no body hang-ups or images like i'm a curvy woman you know like i have to be a size six size eight you know you have children they give you those hips everything just went up, up and down and bigger and everything so obviously i definitely have had to like revisit and re understand my new body do you know what I mean? Like after you have, whilst you're going through pregnancy, your body is changing and then you have a child and you're like, oh, what have I been left with? Um, but it's just, 
no, like your body's changed, right? You're like, oh, my hips are wider, my, you know, whatever it is. And I've definitely have had to like do the work. It hasn't been like, oh, pop the baby out, body got bit, bit, bigger. Okay, fine. I've had to definitely do the work and, you know, appreciate my body. Um, you know, like I love my legs. I know that I've got nice calves. And that's come over time of just like, you know, being there and appreciating, appreciating. Yeah, I do have like well, a lot of stretch marks, you know, some map out here. Um, but, you know, you, you also, as a mother, I think I appreciate the fact that my body, you know, went through that labor and, and pregnancy process and, and had two children. So I've definitely gone on a process. I had pulled up an old overrated that Nafisa had done on the myth of power dressing, which you can go and check out. It's over on ACAST now. And the second overrated that I wanted to <laughs> um, bring up as a regrets was my uh, stint about saving money. Now, I actually think we recorded a conversation on this um, a little while ago and I retracted my statement. On the record before I leave. Oh, I can't have people thinking of me a certain kind of way. I have to let everybody know it's not what I meant. We actually recorded another, uh, like an add-on conversation to that, uh, like some while ago. But it didn't actually make it didn't make it into the podcast. Um, but what I had said in that <laughs> segment was that I was happy to make the distinction um, between saving money and just um, living your life and and trying to be careful. And what I did do was. Um, talk about this book that I read uh, from an author called Vicky Robin um, titled Your Money or Your Life. And in that book, um, she describes uh, how your money is equated to your life source and the way that she wrote it. So your life source, like your life energy, basically, is if you think about the money that you earn and then the money that you spend in terms of how much energy required it, required it, that money required from you. Um, and also how much energy this thing that you're going to buy is going to require from you as well, you will start to think very differently about your finances. And I hadn't come across the book the first time I did this segment where I was like, I don't know if anybody should save money, live your life, la la la. If I had read it, I would have been able to articulate what I wanted to much, much better. And what I essentially was trying to say, but did it in a very poor way, was that there needs to be um, a space or a, a perspective in your life towards money where you are using it to live a little bit simpler and because I think I even mentioned that like the prophet I think I used the head the hadith about the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dispensing mm. of his money to um, those in need at the end of his day so that he didn't have any money and he didn't hoard it and I, I had made that reference because I wanted to illustrate that our relationship with money can be a little bit toxic in, in both ways. It can be in a way where we are excessively spending and it can be in a way where we are excessively hoarding a lot of money. And that's essentially what I was trying to say is that I don't believe in hoarding a lot of money um, and not exchanging your life force for it or the life force of other people's and the life energy of other people who need it. And um, yeah i it was it's a very brief one i just wanted to bring that up as a regrets because of how i articulated it i don't believe people shouldn't save money i believe you should save money if anything's taught me to save money it's this current climate that we are going through right now um alhamdulillah i think savings have 
helped out so many people just having that like emergency float but also knowing that your relationship with money and how you view money will get you through anything inshallah because mm. um i think you know just like social media just like our self-image with regards to how we look it's greatly affected by our relationship with money as well and um i think once you master a good relationship with money and with work and with work ethic you generally have a lot more self-assurance um so i'd really recommend that book and there's a, a good couple of like uh videos by the economist where she's talking and some other experts as well and yeah that is my take back over take back i like it i think money is such an important conversation especially for women because i think a lot of especially in a lot of our communities money is often tied to well-being as well of women and especially when we talk about you know all the marriage conversations we have and all of that the reasons we fight so hard to get what we should be getting is because ultimately in this world in this structure your well-being is often tied to money right if you're if you're every hour and if your body is being used under capitalism to earn your money then you also need money to have rest and to have you know it's it's like a constant trade-off yeah. um and so i think money is being clued up on money is so 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 important um yeah. especially you know in the the situations that we're in because it's it's tough man it's yeah so speaking of then. that i'd like to shout out risk communications by anisa zaman um mashallah their webinar got sold out straight away really amazing content um what was it on it was investing yeah she i think is one of many um amazing women trying to lead the way in financial literacy for for women i know i mentioned in the last segment that didn't make it to the podcast that i i had shouted out the break as well by patricia bright who is a um makeup artist youtuber she started out that way and she expanded expanded into so many things mashallah um she she does really great work and i think refinery 29 also do like um, a weekly publication money diaries yeah money diaries yeah. Which i find fantastic as well so those are three resources off the bat that anybody who's looking for some financial literacy information areas of work uh, learning etc to go to and yeah i would i would also say honestly i don't mean to sound like that guy off twitter but everyone should learn to invest because like it, to save saving your money isn't enough because if you save say you save a thousand pound today in three years time that's not still a thousand pound because of the rise of cost because of inflation and the idea is that investments essentially um protect your money against inflation so that within you know even if you're making a five percent return every year on that a thousand pound which monetarily isn't a life-changing amount you're still safeguarding your thousand pound essentially mm -hmm. and i think often people think of investment as for someone over there like it's not for us it's it's for like institutions or bankers or people who like know you know live in the corporate world know a lot but i you know nowadays like it's so accessible to be able to invest like there's so many platforms places like fidelity coinbase this is not me endorsing it because i always hear financial people giving their disclaimers to go into your own research and stuff like that so Amali is not telling you to put your money and your money and capital is at risk and please do your own research. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think it is really, really important. 
um, and I honestly I think it is a gendered thing as well I think it is so important for women because we face things like pay gap because we face things like motherhood penalties and stuff like that to be able to have money that works for us Amazing. my first underrated throwback this week is halal mortgages and I say underrated because I'm not actually sure if you brought this up in the overrated category, but I would just like I don't to think say, we have. Well, you, you definitely brought it up, but I think it was in. Um, no, I, I don't think we have. I've got, I, I got it on the in the URL. Oh, have I? Yeah, you oh. were talking about halal mortgages and how I was going to say I had a whole script about how you interviewed people for that article oh, yeah, 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 on halal yeah, yeah, mortgages. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have been sitting on the discussion and talking about it a little bit more frequently, and I thought that it was an important one. You know, my last episode here, if I ever want to leave uh, the sisters and brothers with a bit of um, insight into this subject or a reminder to have this conversation with their loved ones, is on halal mortgages. And this is not to imply that halal, like that mortgages are the... the <laughs> I'm just opening up the discussion to the floor because um, I think it's an underrated discussion. I think it's an underrated... Um, uh, decision uh, or like weighty decision because I think that for for the majority of people in society it's just a it's a part of life and anybody who doesn't really buy it get a mortgage that is stigmatized just even in wider culture um, in the Muslim community there is even more of a like a there's even more friction when it comes to mortgages and halal mortgages because there is a difference of opinion on, on some of the rulings um, and there's also the uh, question of riba, which is interest, and the fact that that is completely prohibited for all Muslims under any circumstances to pay it, to receive it, anything. Um, so I oh, just want students to... students loans, sister? So from what I remember during my studies, Sheikh Haytham al-Haddad had, had put out either a fatwa, don't quote me, mm. or um, a piece of information to say that student loans to study to actually pay for your academic course was had was not necessarily halal but was permissible however i just the, wanted to get that in because you said riba of all forms and any yes yes yeah so there there is obviously this is again what we mean about the difference of opinion on fatwas because people disagree with sheikh haytham al-haddad on 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 this specific issue and there is also like a, a wide bearing fatwa on um being allowed to buy your first home with a halal mortgage mm. um, as long as you're not like renting it out as long as you're not renting it out as long as it's not for as a there as an asset as long as as long as it, as long as you have somewhere to um call your own on this earth you're not allowed to purchase multiple properties under the mo uh, halal mortgage clause or anything like that so yeah it's a very like very dense um area of discussion and a lot of research is required to like make a decision like this i think it's always important to shed light and that's why i brought it back up in as a as an underrated to shed light on the subject because um you know it can just seem like the organic thing to do just i'm not going to parallel it with just having children as an organic thing to do but it is kind of the same in the sense that it's a big pivotal life decision that you make you are never going to be mortgage free <laughs> pretty much unless you do have the means to pay off um for the for the majority of people they will be in that mortgage for the rest of their lives and that is a spiritually weighty and financially weighty um decision to make and it shouldn't be taken lightly and i would urge everybody to do their due diligence on it with regards to um where it where they sit on the 
halal haram spectrum. Ooh. And if you are interested in reading the piece, if you go on, a, if you just search Amalia Mortgages Nafisa, you'll see a piece where I spoke to a couple of Muslims, both on both sides, on the fence, off the fence, has got a mortgage, hasn't got a mortgage, has rented for 11 years, has, you know, just recently got more, like lots of different people and like the sort of decision making they went and went through. And this goes back to our conversation we had last two cents of like, there are things with our Dean, but there's also like, levels of mercy to apply to on how people navigate those like I, and I'm saying this I'm, I myself don't have a mortgage just not trying to like get off scot-free by saying that um but there is a, a level of mercy to apply for like everyone everyone's decision making with this and I think it's it's very easy to sort of be like oh it's, it's haram and da, 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 but mm. also to read the nuance of what people's journeys and struggles are it's it's yeah. very yeah yeah and by default, with mercy, no judgment. Just like everything in the game. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, so on to the next one. Um, this was, you know, a trivial, but one of my favourites. I think it was the first underrated I did, which was... Related. Huh? I feel like it's going to be food related. No. Guys, just take a guess. This is not a fun game, but just do it. Just do it. Humor me. Just take a guess. Give us a clue, Sarah. Oh my God, you don't remember anything that I've said. Something around like the world ending. Being no, able to be prepared for apocalypse. No, but good guess. Good guess. Right, so it's um, Uber saving the world. Uh, oh, so, wait, know. no. That yeah. was... You actually on the podcast and Uber yeah. is saving the world. <laughs> I must have amnesia because I do not remember that one bit. Because oh, listen, like, hold on, what was our reaction? So you actually agreed with me because I positioned wow. it as I think it's overrated to get a car. Oh, okay, no, 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 yeah. I remember this. I remember. Finances. I remember we were in huckle treatment. No, yeah, yeah, and you were doing your calculations. <laughs> yeah. So it was basically. Okay. Go on. I positioned it as it getting a car was overrated and I brought it back up as a throwback underrated that Uber is saving the world because um, you know, some years have gone by since that episode and I still don't have a car. <laughs> and you know, up until the pandemic I was using Uber um as my crutch to get around everywhere. And you know, sometimes I would just get in the Uber and I just thought I'm absolutely right and I'm glad I said that on the podcast with my chest. Because I just you know, again, came to that point in my life where I had the finances, alhamdulillah, to buy a car. I was about to do it. And then I just thought, okay, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic and not to take that lightly, but this is not the time to buy a car, like when the cows moo and that, you know. Um, but other than that, you know, it just, I feel like God is blocking me from getting a car with all these things because it might just be ethical and like an economical, financial, financially good decision to make. And the reason I say that is I did my calculations, um, listeners of the world, and I got everywhere I want to in London. And I think it is different, obviously, if you don't live in a very... Um, uh, huh? Yeah, being in London, I think... Connected or small. Connected, business. absolutely. Like, we are very... Uh, like Blessed. Yeah, so we have a, an LA without a car? No, it's or? impossible, yeah. Yeah, it's impossible. You have to walk. I mean, you have to, you have to get a car. Can't do anything. But here... Alhamdulillah, we have a really amazing transportation system. Um, I, I think London, there's a, there's a legitimate, legitimate, more than legitimate, like, um, reasoning mm. for not having a car. Absolutely. I, I drive a car. 
Yeah. And I personally would struggle without a car. Yeah. Um, like, you know, even even in the pandemic, like mm. I'm not comfortable getting on the trains and stuff like mm, that. Mm, 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 mm. But I think out of a lot of places, you can do a lot in London without yeah. a car. Yeah. And also, you know, whether people like it or not, the roads are very cycling friendly as well. Yeah. Um, I am not one to advocate cycling in London. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I like cycling as a whole and I think it's fantastic. But cycling in London, I mean... I've got a bike waiting yeah. at my mum's house to get fit to start cycling. Inshallah, please, inshallah. But I, I, I would say, like, obviously the pandemic made, did make me think twice about, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't just get my Uber and go get my shopping or this, that and the other. But Uber up until now was a very, very suitable alternative. Calculated the costs of how many Uber trips I'd taken approximately from the time that I started my membership and equated that to the price of a decent car with good mileage and no caps and um, some insurance for a woman of my age. And it was about the same. So, you know, you know in cars like, Patricia Bright actually did a really good video breaking down um, leasing a car versus uh, buying one outright. And cars, That's are, another cars option yeah, well. cars are definitely one of those things that they are they are a risk because in terms of investment, the moment that car drives off the showroom floor, your investment is decreasing by the second. So. Um, it's definitely well, it's the same thing of like as soon as you're getting in that Uber, it's not like it's an investment. You know, obviously we're quite London centric, we can get around all of that stuff. But <clears throat> even where you don't have TFL and all of that stuff, I don't know how it works everywhere else. It's just buses and stuff. It also, I think, it lends, to a, different... <laughs> it also lends to a different type of life. You know, if it is like. A bus going into town every so often then you know that your your shopping will look different how you live will look different you know for us like because we can just pop to the shop whenever your consumption habits change as well absolutely i actually have an underrated basically about endings and there was a death that was shared by omar Suleiman um of a brother recently who passed away and he relayed the last deed that he knew of. And I'm going to read the, basically the post, but he said, your last good deed. Abdul Rahim had finished teaching Quran and then went to pick up medicine for his mum. The car accident happened when Rossi, while serving the woman who birthed him into this world. It was written that he'd be taken out of it once again. This last good deed was so special yet ordinary. It wouldn't be selfie worth or garner great praise in this world, but how precious of a way to go. He didn't live to get married or start his own family. He was in the service of his parents and siblings and his teachers and the students. It, what, it's the ordinary people doing the ordinary things that we have so much to learn from. To take heed of the times we delegate the service of our parents to others. To take heed of the neglect of our book of Allah in favour of countless hours reading what is of no benefit to us. Mm-hmm. A wayfarer in this world who never owned his own home, car, yet knew his priorities and longed for paradise. May Allah grant him and join his grant it to him and join his family and all of us with him i mean um, so that post really just had me reflecting on i guess the endings what a great end to halal mortgages and ubers oh, no. as well the cars and houses and it's just it's so important not to give 
up on doing good and that's relevant to the pandemic you know what you were saying Sarah about doing like charity work so continue to think good be good being good even in the midst of your own storms because that could be when your ending is decreed but how are you in that moment is up to you it's what now now if you said I feel like this is literally summing everything up like what you said at the beginning you know it really it'll only affect you how you behave how you are yeah it's not the middle or the beginning, but the end. And I wanted to frame this in the context of even simple things that we do, you know, life projects we may start, because we often have the inspiration and the energy and the motivation and the adab and everything. But to sustain that and finish it with beauty is the hard part. And I even think about like when I'm like cooking, I'm so excited getting the ingredients, putting things together, doing the prep. And near the end, it all gets a bit wobbly. <laughs> yeah, it gets all a bit wobbly. Um, so finish with beauty um, and just be mindful of every moment. Like it really could be our last. I know we've said it so many times on this podcast, but he was literally, he, he was going to get medicine for his mum, you know, and, and Allah decided to t- take him at that point. And we could, you know, debate and get philosophical and perhaps he was someone that always did good de- deeds or Allah chose, uh, you know, chose to take him at the point where he was doing a good deed. But, probability as well continue to do good think good and be good inshallah inshallah that was a lovely 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 end and with that our listeners and i'll say goodbye to sarah on the podcast i mean she'll still be with us for another couple of days at amalia but this is your last podcast sarah you say anything sarah to the listeners i would just like to say um it's been it's been a journey kids and thank you very much for having me on here and thank you to the listeners for also having me and um i sincerely make dua for every single listener any single person that's contributed or supported um this journey and helped kept me at amalia as well and you know kept me doing the work that i was doing and really love and enjoy and i wish every single person um involved in this process whether you're a listener or not um a very fruitful and beautiful life and i hope to meet all of you one day i'm definitely crying now oh look aren't you the best i mean i look aren't you the best sis that's all i can really say now alhamdulillah i think anyone who knows when you join amali it's like a family really so obviously it's it's always difficult when we have to say goodbye to people but we always always you know wish the very best and I'm sure you're going to do some wonderful things Inshallah. with your life. Um, and we all know that, that that doesn't always have to be extraordinary steps. It's just to be, you know, step well, walk well, and just tread uh, softly on this earth, inshallah, mm-hmm. so that we may return to our... Oh, return to our creator, isn't it? Alhamdulillah. So, gosh, it's... You know, we started this podcast with Sarah, so definitely emotional to like end it you know move sarah alhamdulillah but alhamdulillah subhanallah oh you guys alhamdulillah babe. honestly partial screen <sighs> alhamdulillah alhamdulillah end of an era i know yeah, it really it really is end of an era and you know i know i speak for all the listeners when i say it's been such a joy to see this podcast go from literally an idea to you, you making it happen and 
you know the the chats that we've had on here you know honestly I mean, everything like, that has not made yeah. <laughs> podcast which is a lot yeah I think while some days we're like oh we've got to do two cents it has felt it's such it honestly it's such nice. a blessing yes, to be on yeah. here and sit with you two and just natter for an hour and call that work you know like if my parents knew what I was doing they'd just be like sorry why is this work <laughs> and you know it's honestly I, I can't imagine having a replacement for you Sarah because oh don't you lot please oh please the way your mind works and the things that you think of and the angles that you have and the overrated that you bring please don't come with replacement so unique so unique honestly it's been such a it's been such a joy to that have means you. so much to me because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> and i know i know our lit there's going to be a big void and our listeners are going to feel it and because of that we're not going to do two cents and work from home for a little bit of time to let everyone <laughs> yeah have a morning period and miss sarah um but yeah, obviously we've still got our goodbyes for later this week, but for the purpose of the listeners, I speak on behalf of all of them. It's been a pleasure to have you and you will be really, 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 really missed on the podcast. And we all collectively wish you the best. We wish you the best for everything that you do and, and every part of your life, whether it's your dean, your health, your your everything. And like Sheila said, we just we just pray for your goodness. Oh, you guys. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. How do you feel, babe? I feel... I'm so scared. I think I'm very... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.